Wyatt and Billy, two Harley-riding hippies, complete a drug deal in Southern California and decide to travel cross-country in search of spiritual truth. On their journey, they experience bigotry and hatred from the inhabitants of small-town America and also meet with other travelers seeking alternate lifestyles. After a terrifying drug experience in New Orleans, the two travelers wonder if they will ever find a way to live peacefully in America. Coming in at number 84 is Easy Rider. So raise a glass, man. Here's drinking with you, kid. Love that Apropos, intro. Right? You're doing great intros. Thank I've you so say, much. I need to up my intro. Game. I agree. Okay. <laughs> I okay. put effort All right. into this. You know what's funny? I didn't even know their names were Wyatt and Billy. I didn't either. <laughs> okay, I had to. Yeah, I'm gonna have to keep being like, okay, wait, which one is Wyatt? Which one is Wyatt? Is that Dennis refer Hopper? Them to Dennis Hopper and, and Peter Fonda. And Peter Fonda. Okay, thank you. Right. First, what was Jack Nicholson? What was his name? George. What? Santos or something like that. Okay, all right. It's not George Santos. That's the the lying gay Republican in New York. Who, oh, <laughs> like who was a drag queen in Brazil or yes. something like that. Yes. <laughs> okay, so our drink today comes from HomeDrinkMenu.com. That's a new one. That is a new one. Uh, it's called the Easy Rider. Um, it's an ounce of bourbon, ten ounces of cola. Because we're not advertising nothing here. That's right. That's not paying us. That's well, right. no one's paying us. But no. okay, and 0.5 ounces of beer. Okay. So you mix the bourbon and the cola with ice, and then you float the beer on top. Ugh. I've never been one for the, mixing brown liquor and cola. I know people will oh. do that. I don't enjoy it. Well, you don't like brown liquor at all. I'm not a fan. Yeah, no. brown and cola is. It's a typical one. Yeah. And I, I've never enjoyed it. Okay. Yeah. Okay, let's try this. Okay. I mean, it tastes like a... It's fine. It tastes like a bourbon Coke to me. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. So this movie came out in 1969. I don't care. <laughs> was a summer of 69. Um, so a lot of cool events happened that year. Not interesting, but cool. Uh, we landed on the moon. That's pretty huge. According to most people. Some people no. still think we didn't. <laughs> um, they took the video inside a studio. <laughs> right, of right. Of us landing. Some people say that uh, Stanley Kubrick helped because of his success of doing 2001. 2001 Space Odyssey. Oh. Yeah. Um, Woodstock happened that year, attracting, wow. you know, three, four 400,000 people. Yeah. But because I'm a, a computer nerd, the first communications were sent through ARPANET which is kind of the precursor to the internet. So it was the very oh. first kind of like communication that happened, um, you know, remotely, I guess. Okay. Um, the first ATM was created oh. that year. This and is a big year. It's an interesting. Yeah, it's an interesting year. There's it's some not more interesting stuff that's at inter- all, but oh, it is it's, very, it's very cool. fascinating. Fascinating. <laughs> yes. Um, and then the Manson family member uh, murders happened. Oh, my God. Oh my! In that year, yeah. The one, yeah, Sharon Tate. Sharon Tate, yeah, all Ooh. that. Um, some of the films that year: Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Oh, that's a great one. Midnight Cowboy. Both of those are on our list. Hello, Dolly. Well, hello, I hated Dolly. that movie so much. Um, I don't mind it. And then also Sweet Charity. 
Bob okay. Fosse. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which I've never seen the full movie, but I've just seen the highlight, the movie clips. I, you know, I'm uh, the same way. What do you call it? And then the other one. Some of the books. There's mm-hmm. two because, you know, I don't read. Yeah. And so I only pull the ones I've ever heard of. Oh, God. Okay. There are some years so that we Mario won't get any books So Mario The Godfather oh, yes. came out that year. I never read that. Me neither. I don't read. No. And Maya Angelou's... Angelou's... Angelou. Yeah, I don't know why that sounded weird to me. Maya Angelou's well, I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings. Oh, yes. Came out that year. Yes. Uh, in TV... Mm-hmm. Some of the top TV was Laughing, Gunsmoke, Bonanza. But there were a few that aired for the first time that year. Like what? Sesame Street. Oh, Scooby-Doo. Wow. In 1969? Mm-hmm. Um, oh. Scooby-Doo. Wow. <laughs> that was actually really good. Okay, Shaggy. That was really good. Um, and Whoa, Scoob. <laughs> no. Whoa. No, that's you Joey Lawrence. Like <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Um, and Brady Bunch aired for the first oh time. Oh my gosh! That year, God, Bonanza is all over our top TV. Some of the top songs that year: Sugar, Sugar, Bump, Bump, Ah, Honey, Honey, um, Let the Sun Shine In. Ooh, that's a good one. Kind of apropos for this uh, movie. Used um, in hair. I don't know if it was written for hair. I don't. The musical, oh, I don't but know. it was used. It was right. a big part of hair. That year, also, the Beatles released their last album, Abbey Road. Oh, wow. And this year had several debut albums okay. from people. Elton John. Oh, my gosh. Roberta Flack. <gasps> Santana. Oh. Janis Joplin. What? Cool and the Gang. Oh, my gosh. The Jackson Five. Stop it. And Led Zeppelin. Holy like, hell. what a crazy year, right? That is a really crazy year. Yeah. What a time to be also, alive. Also, what a God. time to be alive. I, I would be very interested in living, I think, in the 60s. I, yeah. To see I that would, transition. Because, yeah. you know, early 60s, late 60s are yeah. totally different. Um, some of the celebrities born that year, there's a lot of them. And I just kind of had to stop typing because yeah. there were so many. Jennifer Aniston, Matthew Perry, okay. Jennifer Lopez, Matthew McConaughey. Jason Bateman, Catherine Zeta-Jones, Mariah wow. Carey, Jay-Z, Paul Rudd, Gwen Stefani, Kate Blanchett, Renee Zellweger. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. It's, I, I could have kept on going, but I was like, I probably should stop. Wow. Um, so, yeah, big big year. Um, if I list that this came up on one. <laughs> okay. I was going to say, it the, can't be in the cheers yeah, no, or the, the laughs. No. Uh the original, it was listed at 88, and then this time it's 84. So it moved four okay. spots, which, right. whatever. <laughs> this is the first movie that both of us did not enjoy. Yeah, you're right. Right? Yeah. Because usually we've either both liked it, one does, one doesn't. Yeah. This is the first, we're, we're kind of on the same page, I think. Yeah. We'll, we'll get into it. No, we are. <laughs> but the cast featuring Peter Fonda as Wyatt, Dennis Hopper as Billy, and Jack Nicholson as George Hansen, the okay. attorney. Yeah. Um, it was directed by Dennis Hopper, mm-hmm. written by Dennis Hopper, Peter Fonda, and novelist Terry Southern. Was this a novel? Was this adapted from a novel? No. no this is He, he just, just happens a, to yeah. be a novelist. But even though there was a script, most of it, they're saying most of it was improvised. 
I completely believe Which, that. Belie- believable. It looks man, like Dennis you know, Hopper. Man, what I'm doing, man, you know? It seemed like that he just like wanted to go on a road trip with his friend and was like, let's bring a camera. Right. That's- well, that's, you know, a lot of it was they, like, grabbed people along the way. They shot it in sequence going mm-hmm. along, minus the Mardi Gras, because they had to film during Mardi Gras. And they right. actually recorded during Mardi Gras. Um, and they just kind of like you know jack nicholson is saying was said um they didn't know where they would end up the next day they'd get up and start shooting something and then they just kind of go on okay yeah right that should be a home video and not a widely released movie that's how i feel so this came in at 95 minutes god approximately (laughs) 65 minutes too long (laughs) You are correct. Uh, Common Sense Media shows 17 and up, which I guess, you know, there's nudie scenes and (laughs) drug scenes and there's smoking marijuana on screen. Yeah. I don't know. Honestly, you know what it should be is only if you're a baby boomer should you watch this movie. Yeah. That is what it should be. Even, okay, so we're going into the, that leads into Rotten Tomatoes. It has an 84%, which is, I think, one of the lowest of any of the movies. Yeah. General consensus is saying edgy and seminal. Easy Rider encapsulates the dreams, hopes, and hopelessness of 1960s counterculture. Okay. Which, okay. Okay, yeah, I can see that. But uh, even a lot of the reviews I was looking at, positive. Mm -hmm. One of them was like, yeah, it's dated, but it was cool. Um, One of the negative reviews, which there were a few, uh, David Kerr of the Chicago Reader says, the film may be a relic now, but it's a fascinating souvenir, particularly in its narcissism and fatalism of how the hippie movement thought of itself. Oh, okay. I can get that too. I understand. I understand. Other actors considered for the role, there was really only one, and he was actually cast. Rip Torn was cast as Ooh. George Hansen, the um, Jack the Nicholson lo- part. Okay, I do but like Rip apparently Torn. had a big fight with Dennis Hopper, and so he was recast. I feel, okay, that makes sense. I feel sense. like everybody's had a fight with Dennis Hopper. I mean, I yeah. It was nominated for two Academy Awards, one for screenplay. The winner... Uh, for original screenplay was Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Okay, I completely understand that. So it lost for that. It was also nominated for Best Supporting Actor for Jack Nicholson, which okay. I get that because he was really the only the only one, one I that I found kind of cared about interesting. <laughs> um, but he lost to Gig Young from They Shoot Horses, don't they? Oh, I've heard about that one. Okay, so first impressions (laughs) let me tell you 45 minutes into this 95 minute movie Mm -hmm. i turned to adam and i said what are we watching yeah what is the point where is the conflict yeah who are these people Mm -hmm. why am i supposed to care right this was i mean we didn't have that much time left yeah by the time i was asking that so I truly hated it. It got a little <laughs> more interesting when Jack Nicholson entered. Yeah, about an hour in. About an hour in. <laughs> it got interesting then. Yeah. Um, but, and then the conflict really happened at the very end. The very end. <laughs> the very end. end. Yeah. So I 
had a very difficult time. It, again, felt like a home video that should have been shown at one of Dennis Hopper's parties if he had one. Yeah, I mean, that was a lot of the criticism of that movie at the time that, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like these kind of wobbly shots, out of focus. And the flashing. Okay, that weird transition flashing, uh, it was um, upsetting. It was like annoying. Why was it there? Yeah, I don't know. We thought there was a glitch. Same. Like I rewound or whatever you do. I went back um, a few times to be like, did something happen to like the old recording of this that yeah. they've that they're now no, streaming? They intentionally did yeah, that. I didn't understand that. I didn't get it. You know, I obviously we did uh, Saving Private Ryan. We all know how I feel about we that were movie. Very passionate but about that. For that movie, I understand why people like it. Right. I understand what the hubbub was. Yes, why some people feel it's important. Right. Yeah. This one. Okay. I get because of when it came out at the time and who it spoke to and the movement going on at that moment. Yes. And I think that's probably why it was important in that realm. Now there was, you know, it was at that point, the most successful independent movie ever made. It had a budget of less than 400,000. It took in like 60 million or something like that. So it was a very big success when it comes to independent movies. But I, you know, and I guess, you know, when you talk cultural impact, okay, it spoke to the culture at the time, counterculture right. at the time. Right. So I guess that checks the AFI box yeah. of why it's nominated. Yeah. Uh, that's what I got. I mean, that's what I mean. Like, I don't care. And, you know, I thought of you because with Saving Private... Would you not? Well, okay. All right. <laughs> Um, because with Saving Private Ryan, one of your thoughts was, we don't know anything about these people. Right. That is what I felt through this whole thing. Was right. I don't know these people and I don't care about these people. Yeah. I'm all for, I understand the, you know, the counterculture and all. I, I totally get that 100%. But I feel like you can represent that counterculture and still have a meteor, um, plot and a meteor meteor like uh, with a little oh, more meteor substance. yes i thought you meant like not like the end of the world a meteor hitting the, the well earth. i wanted it to come down during this movie but it didn't yeah but on me no. not in the movie on me <laughs> on you specifically <laughs> yeah. to just stop everything <laughs> yeah um but yeah i feel like you can have something more you know you can make us at least care about you guys like i think it was more a little bit not uh maybe an exposition of America. Right. And the different like types uh, yes. of communities that you run yeah. across, right? So like right. the first one was that guy who married the woman with all the stepkids. Yeah. Yeah. Were you confused as to where they started? Because I thought they started in Mexico. Yes. When you just said in your intro that it was Southern California, I was like, it was. Yeah. Well, I was surprised too when I read that. I really thought it was Mexico. I thought it was Mexico. And so I was confused as to what cities they were stopping in along the way. I guess it doesn't necessarily matter. The one guy was like, I'm from a city, man. He's like, what city? And like, it doesn't matter. All cities are the same, man. Um. No, actually, I'd like to know where you're from. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's take a break, and then we'll bring in our special guest. Yes. 
Okay, welcome back. I love it. Feeling jazzy. <laughs> jazzy. <laughs> Gotta liven up this one. <laughs> um, okay, so you know him. You love him. He's back. It's Nicholas John Lonnie. Yay. Hi, hello, Nick. hello, hello. Welcome back. You're our first repeat guest. If you oh, don't remember, Nick, it was from episode two of Cabaret. Correct. He enlightened us on many things. And if you do remember me and didn't like it, well, that wasn't me. And... You know what? If you didn't like it, then matches this movie. So just <laughs> skip on and go to To Kill a Mockingbird to continue. Mm. Mm. <laughs> so, Nick, you and I watched this movie together for the first time. Yep. We had never seen it before, right? Yeah. Um, and let's just be honest right here. I um, fell asleep. Okay. okay. And <laughs> I think this is our first guest who did not watch the whole movie. <laughs> I did not dislike this movie. I didn't finish it, but I mean, <laughs> well, then you missed the whole conflict of the movie. Um, <laughs> well, I remember that when we had mentioned this movie, you were like, "Oh, I'd be interested in doing that one," and yeah. you got that Dennis Hopper. Yes, is it I an got, autobiography or uh, just a biography? Just a biography. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yes, Dennis Hopper. Let's. You want to dive into him or something? I don't know. What do you guys want to talk would about? Love to dive into him. Ooh. No, not like that. I don't want to dive into oh, him like that. Okay. Well, we'll get to that when we get to Mary Shag Kill. No, God. He's being killed. Let me just tell you right now. Um, spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> oh, I didn't even mean that. But yeah, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Everyone dies. But continue. Okay, so let's just kind of like walk through this movie. Yeah. There were want to. There's like. Normally, well, I think we're going to need to because I didn't even finish yeah, it. Yeah, let's, let's tell Nick what this movie <laughs> is about. <laughs> so normally in my, you know, when I'm doing my research and I list out kind of like these detailed scenes, mm. you know, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. This one I have two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve words summarizing oh. all of the scenes. Oh my God, I love it. Okay, so first one, the drug deal. So that's yeah. like when I we... I see this part. Okay. For, Okay. I'm it's glad the first you're awake five minutes for the first part of the movie. Okay. okay. So you know they do this drug deal. They pick up the drugs from somewhere. <laughs> we find out later, like today, Southern California. Southern so is it California. like San Diego? Right maybe? on the border. No, I think it was Southern California, right? Which San is Diego San Diego. Is oh, <laughs> why did I think San Diego? Yeah, it's like the most north. southern. San Francisco. Oh. San Diego is south of LA. It's like literally the last big city until you get to Mexico. Well, this didn't look Tijuana. like a big city at all. I mean, because no, I really I thought like, we were in Mexico. I would think it's probably right on the border. Literally, yeah. yeah. So they do the drug deal. And then they do another they, drug deal. And then they sell those drugs for a profit. That's yes. a drug deal. And they, right. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> and so then they hide the money in his gas tank. Yeah. Which, okay. That seems like a terrible Pockets idea. Work but as well. <laughs> no, no, because you don't want that kind of cash on you driving through this yeah, tumultuous Ca- world. Southern California. Guess not, no. Um, Southern California. Somewhere in Southern California. Yeah. And so maybe in there or Arizona, we meet one of first of many kind of groups or situations that they come across mm-hmm. this man who um i guess married 
it was like a Brady Bunch situation. Right. Where he had kids, she had kids, they got married, and they're living kind of independently on their own. Like off the grid. Off the grid. Completely. And uh, even Peter Fonda. Oh, speaking of, though, do you know who the... Um, the kind of like mediator between that uh, drug deal was Who? at the beginning, Phil Spector. Was this a thing? Like, or do you feel like these kind of outsider people that we run across in America is like part of the American identity? Like these people living off the grid. For sure, I, I do think, I think so. that's right? still so, very like, much a thing. So, now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like even uh, you know, you see these weird separatist groups or. You know, yeah. Well, I don't, I don't even think it has to be separatist groups. I mean, if you're talking about like farmers or people living out in the country, you know, r- raising their own, you know, garden, having their own garden, they have chickens, they have yeah, but so you know, pretty self sufficient, inherently separatist because yeah, you know they're so. not yeah taking any guff from the Fed, right? Right. Yeah. So I I think uh, something about this movie that's really interesting is like and you guys were talking about earlier, like most positive reviews or any kind of like analysis of it, like talks about this, like this moment in time in the nation. Right. Right. And, you know, I think this movie was big for people because they were like holding a mirror up to the nation and showing us like, you know, something because as much as counterculture it is, is like we were hippies were very much a part of, the conversation in America yeah. at the time. So it's like they're counterculture belief wise, but it's mainstream in the sense that like everybody knows about it. Right. You know, so there's like, that's a really interesting, because well, it's one of those are, first movies that kind of like does that. Right? right. Well, there are like countercultures can become mainstream. Well, hippiedom did become mainstream. Right. And so I think this speaks to a, the point the point before it became right and so i did a little like research before i watched this movie i think i watched more research than the actual movie to tell you the truth (laughs) and i watched this interview with dennis hopper and peter fonda okay it was italian so i guess it was like in the venice biennial or not biennial venice film festival and you know they were questioning them about you know, do you know anybody in, in in counterculture or the underground, as they were saying? And, you know, Peter Fonda replied in the interview, like, well, you know, I know people who are a part of it. And, like, Dennis here is one of those people. And Dennis pointed out, he didn't speak a lot in the interview. And it's just, Dennis Hopper is such an interesting character to me yeah. as a person because he is so combative almost Yeah, throughout his whole, you know, celebrity but he was like well you know I, I was a beatnik first and that's what hippies were beatniks so it's like we get this peek into the the origin story of hippie culture and if you know anything about beatniks it's you know jazz and smoking yeah. marijuana and you know and poetry poetry and, like that, and talking right? politics and it's just bohemian lifestyle right um stemming out of like new york city right it was just interesting to see people who were actually partaking, making a film about it. And it wasn't, like, exploitive. You know, I didn't feel like they were taking it and repackaging it for America to consume. Yeah. 
I, I think it was pretty raw, and I think a lot of people talk about how this movie was made. You guys were talking about how it's like a home video, yeah. and like essentially it kind of is, right? And we didn't see things like that in cinema before. No, that's it, very true. The late '60s was this like tipping point in film, American right. film, where it went from like big studio productions, manufactured Hollywood you know stars and like you know this is the these are the people you'll see over and over and over at movies and then we get this right right and then the 70s happens right after where we have like the the golden golden era era of cinema capital c cinema so i i like to think it ushers that in i was also watching Mm -hmm. this quentin tarantino he talked about it on video and it's his favorite movie apparently it doesn't which, surprise me. It doesn't surprise me, right? Who's? Quentin, Quentin Tarantino. Oh, oh, right, right, right. Okay. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. And he, you know, has high accolades, you know, or not accolades, that's the wrong word, but like he he respects it a lot and he kind of points that out and he goes on to say that it, it just kind of, we never saw that in filmmaking and every 20 years this movie has a resurgence, right? Where yeah. people appreciate the way it looks. But he's like, in the 80s, like, no one appreciated this movie. They thought it looked old, right? Right. You know, and then, like, it was, like, picked up again in the 90s, and people, like, really leaned into it. So it kind of, like, it has an interesting ebb and flow of popularity. Maybe you guys are just in your era where you don't like things like this. So he meets this uh, Brady Bunch group. Yeah. <laughs> and Peter Fonda talks Separatist about... Separatist Brady Bunch. Yeah. Yes. How he is living on the land and how he respects that. So it's an interesting kind of like, maybe each encounter is maybe a little bit more conflicted. Because then yeah. when they get, they meet the stranger on the highway, who's like the most cryptic person in the world. Yes. Um, you know, where are you from? Oh, I'm from Earth. You know, oh, what part? Uh, America. Okay. Oh my God! Just like just spit it out, dude. Just fucking answer a question. Come to find out, he's like a leader of this commune, cult, Did, cult that like spinny. When everyone's like giving a prayer and they the camera pans to everybody's face, mm-hmm. it just was like I don't really know what I'm looking at. I, I don't feel really like understand. Was, this the was point. his first movie, right? Dennis Hopper's like first movie to direct. I believe. And star in, yeah. And star yeah. in and write all of that. Right. I Which, feel like... there is controversy on who actually wrote it. Yeah. They they do argue about yeah. who wrote more of it. Right. And... Ah, the old Matt Damon, so, Ben Affleck. Uh-uh. Right. And, but, like, here's the thing. These two leading men in this film, like, right? I think Peter Fonda's, like, a little bit of a phony. He's you a know? terrible actor. Sorry. He's a little bit of a phony, like, oh, yeah, I'm, like, adjacent to this counterculture, man. Like, I'm going to do this yeah. movie. And I'm, like, mm, but, like, your dad is Henry Fonda. Yeah, like, no, nep- was... Nepo, baby. Yes. <laughs> and for then, sure. Um, you know, and then you have Dennis Hopper, who just seems to be all consumed. In, like, he's, a, like, a method actor. Right. So... He, he's a little pretentious, and but that's kind of yeah. why I like Dennis Hopper is because he's like the epitome of pretense, and you're like, yeah, this is like fun yeah. to watch because yeah, it's kind of an asshole. Um, he is, and very different. Like Peter Fonda, I felt did not fit really into right. this movie. Right, I agree. And just so watching high. the two of them the whole time, yeah, I was just like, there's no 
chemistry there. There's no rhyme or reason. I mean, it just it, it was just weird. It was a weird fit. Um, I think my cast is much better. I thought at some point, and maybe it's just because I just finished The Last of Us. Which have you watched that show? Yes, of course I have watched that show. I was just waiting for some kind of weird ball to drop in this commune that they Mm -hmm. were some like your you said a cult some kind of ritualistic sacrifice like helter skelter some kind of cannibalism or something I was expecting something and you know it's really just kind of like showing what those communes were like right I mean there were several we talked brought up Manson murders right you know so maybe that's kind of what I was had in mind right um but it seemed like they were all happy and enjoying their life yeah. and enjoying this commune yeah uh and this little community that they kind of put together yeah and like if you understand like the late 60s like I, I, like a reading assignment for everyone here is like read the white album or Slouching Towards Bethlehem by Joan Didion because she talks about the late 60s in America and how it's just like f- the this fever pitch, right? You know, we have Vietnam. We right. have civil rights. We have the summer of love. We have all this like very heavy social unrest and things like cults and communes yeah. are People popping just trying up, to find themselves. Right, are popping like. up everywhere. And then we have cults like the Manson family where they become dangerous, right? And right. then that becomes part of the specter haunting America and everyone is concerned, right? And then you look at hippies and like these are the Manson family were obviously these hippie right. kind of people, right? So we see that come up again and again and again with these people's interaction with like pretty normal, yeah, everyday Americans, right? In these small towns and stuff like that diner scene, right? You know, where they're just like being. I mean, you know, mocked and pointed out and stared at and whatnot. It's, you know, we have to remember it was a really feverish time. Yeah, that's true. And a growing pain in the in the country. And Conrad, you remember you asked me about solipsism, solipsis. Uh, yeah, (laughs) solipsism, sababid. It's the viewer theory that the self is all that can be known to exist, meaning like. The only thing you know is you. that your mind is here and that you are here. Everything else around. So is it like I think, therefore I am? Uh, no, that's that's the opposite. Probably, I guess. But so that, but you had mentioned to me that it was quite a popular. Well, no, I, this was a time of transition from kind of the idealistic times of the early '60s into this kind of more self-centered right. uh, view of the. Of the 70s or late 60s, which is like 70s, the me, which is the me decade, but right. like you're seeing these cults and communes, which is a collective we, right? Right. You know, we're seeing these people, um, you know, come to this breaking point of like the the danger of that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. Like you know, devoting you know uh, your time and energy towards one charismatic person. Solipsism feels like that was conceived on some sort of LSD trip. I think it's actually came up. I think it was created like long, long time ago. Like oh, the idea okay. of it. Yeah. Okay. Right. I, it's like being, yeah. Fascinating. Anyways. Some of the conflict in the commune was that 
Peter Fonda kind of wanted to stay. Like, he felt, like, kind of at home. And Dennis Hopper was just like, no, man. No, man. We got to get to Mardi Gras, man. Yeah. Like, what do you think that was about? And Peter Fonda was kind of, like, trying to get on that girl. Well, right. But it was interesting because, like, Dennis Hopper really wanted to leave. He's like, let's go, let's go. And he's like... The the part that kind of stood out to me was when Peter Fonda was like, they fed us. Like, they gave us their own food. Like, right. let's be good guests. Well, and, and honestly, like... It's a polite thing to do. Right. Dennis Hopper is the real easy rider here. He just rides yes. on in and rides on out. Yes. Peter Fonda is looking for this <clears throat> America or He's, this connection to it. I'm like, sometimes you can't force a square peg into a circle. That's you true. You know what I'm saying? Or whatever that saying is. And like maybe that's what kind of colored Peter Fonda's performance for me. That's why I say I, he yeah. feels kind of phony in it. Like, it's yeah, like you like can put on all the, be, yeah, you want to be this like hippie, right? You yeah. can put on all the garb, but you're still, I don't know. It's just. Well, but I think he would, ha- had Dennis Hopper not been with him, I bet you, like, I would have seen him settling into that commune i could have seen that too and him being well, totally he felt fine. i mean he it seems like he's more on a journey to find something whereas dennis hopper is just right. there the Mardi for Gras. the journey right yeah know? and i i respect that mm-hmm. you know so, like sometimes like trying to find something you don't necessarily find it right yeah you know well it, and also okay so like if you talk about road trips road i right. love a road trip I think road trips can the greatest, you know, show you obviously show you lots of different things, maybe helps you think about things differently or see things differently or whatnot. So I do think, you know, the power of a road trip is one thing that I love about a road trip. It's it's all about who you're with on that road trip. Right. 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 These two people. I felt like had mm. no bond whatsoever. Like, why right. are you guys even with each other? It's, right. They're almost like strangers. Yeah. And they might be. Uh, you know, I mean, Peter Fonda uh, could have been someone that Dennis Hopper had met along the way. You know, right. that he was just out by himself. I just think these men were so diametrically different. Yes, I agree. And, um, you I know. I completely agree. So it, it made him feel like strangers only until like Jack Nicholson joined the group did I yeah. did feel some kind of, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, like relationship forming between any of these people? Like this yes. could be like me and, you know, my sister's husband going on a road trip together. Right. Know, we would get along, but like, would we have a lot to talk about? Probably not. Yeah. You know, so I'm going to turn the tables and ask you to... What is the movie of your generation? Breakfast Club. Okay, this is a very Gen Xer thing. I I mean, I truly believe like Uh that represented every type of stereotype that we had Mm -hmm. in the eighties and in the nineties, even Um, because you have the jock, you have the nerd, you have the you know the the outsider, you have the pretty girl. Like, I I feel like that represented our generation very well. Right. Okay. And Conrad. I mean, I don't disagree with that. Right. Yeah. And, like, I don't even know if the millennial movie of our generation has come yet. I think I would assume it's in the 90s. I would think so. Would it be like reality bites? No, that's a Gen X. That's more of a, yeah, that's another one that really identified Gen X very much. Um, I I think. (laughs) 
actually hate to say it. I'm going to say it. I think they tried to make that Garden State for Millennials, oh. which I hate that movie. Talk about a movie that like... I saw that movie. Um, if that's the movie that defines Millennials, that makes me sad. Uh, I mean, it's complete nonsense. I That movie was just really overwrought and like trying yeah. to be maybe it is our easy rider though hello interesting i hate this yeah i'm so sorry everybody I, I, I never pa- saw it don't bother <laughs> all right <laughs> that is a really great question and a perfect question for easy rider right. like what was yeah. the movie of your generation okay so they do go to the diner before mardi gras and Jack Nicholson does not make it to Mardi Gras. He gets beaten to death in a sleeping yeah. bag, which was completely random. So random. Oh, random. And then when Dennis Hopper like realized, first of all, Peter Fonda slept through the whole thing. Yeah. And then Dennis Hopper, or Peter I mean, Fonda, no, he gets beat up too. He they all get beat did, up. They all Dennis do. Hopper didn't. He just laid and yelled, if I recall. Yeah, no, you're right. He like back. I was so confused on was who too. was beating who. Yeah, right. I had no idea. And no one fought back. No, I and, walked into the kitchen right before that. Oh. And then Adam was like, You didn't pause it? I didn't. What was I going to miss? So no, I didn't <laughs> the pause beating, it. Apparently. apparently, I got back. I was like, wait, who's what happened? And Adam said, they're beating them. And I go, who's beating who? I can't, I couldn't see anything. I was so confused. And then I was like, which one died? Well, yeah. Because one wasn't moving. I I was so confused well, Peter by Fondo, that. he was like trying to wake him up too. He wasn't really moving either. I thought, I was like, I don't know. It's just and, pointless. Well, and then they just, what, leave him there? I guess so. And then I, I do remember some kind of conversation like, well, do we tell his family or whatever? And right. do they? And I, I think, think this they is. I don't think did. they do, no. No. Didn't I, they bury him? Did, did they? they? I don't Like, know. I thought they just left remember. a dead body in the woods. Like, I, that's what I thought. I, I Honestly, I was just like. It's the obviously way... the town folk beat him Of course. Because well, that diner, diner scene, right, yeah. which to me was an interesting. Which was a cool scene to see um, of just the feeling of uncertainty. Yes. I'm not safe here. Um, you know, which, I, you know, I know if I've been in situations like that before of like feeling all eyes on this me like and the, like the I should not, yeah, I should yeah. not be when here. When you're like othered. So Peter Fonda was 29. Really? And Dennis Hopper was 33. I mean, they looked... My they God, looked, they looked so ridden. Yeah. Good God. Easy riding. Easily ridden. See, <laughs> they really did, right? I... Yeah. And let's see, Jack Nicholson was... Perpetually 50 to me. I, yeah. He's still 50. Oh, so he was 32. Yeah, okay. I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty young. I don't think that they were beat up because they were younger. It was because they were other. Yes. Right. But the people who are participating in this other, because, like, this is the thing. When people are othered for reasons like when you bring up Ahmad Avery, they're othered for their skin color. They That is immutable, right? You cannot change that about yourself. Right. Okay? Unless you're Rachel Dolezal. 
I see you, girl. <laughs> now, that being said, hippiedom, you know, living the lifestyle, immersing yourself in this counterculture <laughs> is something so that you... Stupid. That was amazing. I'm making a point here. I know. But hippiedom, mm-hmm. you're right, this counterculture that these people are, that is a choice. Literally, that right. is a lifestyle choice, right? Right. When people are... That's what I'm saying. Okay. Generationally, okay, I think Aaron's agreeing with me here, where yes. like generationally these older men from the diner are seeing these like dirty hippies, long hair without a job. Right. Right. You know, looking for freedom and America and, you know, blah, blah, blah. They're seeing this and acting in a violent way towards that because it's something because that threatens them. That. Yes. Right. And it does not align with their values and their social norms and yes. how they view life, right? Well it'd be like a boomer now beating um, up attacking its, someone because they're woke. You know, I say that in well, quotes. They do, but but not, yeah. not physically. Right. Yes, verbally, no, verbally they do. Right. Verbally they do this all day. That's what social media is. So. This is true. Okay. So from the diner, we talked about how they got beat up. We don't yes. know. We didn't know who was beat up. Nope. Why they were beat up. Yep. At first. At first. But we, yeah. we know now that it was Peter Fonda and Jack Nicholson. And Jack Nicholson dies. Yes. Yes. While they were riding along, while riding along with a parade in New Mexico, the pair are arrested for parading without a permit. Oh, that, okay. And thrown in jail. And that's when they meet. And that's when they meet George. Jack Nicholson. They befriend so George Hansen. That was a different parade. That's why we were getting confused. That's what with I Marty was confused Gras. with. Okay, okay. Helps him get out of jail and decides to go with them to New Orleans. Yes. Okay. Hey. Okay. And we do have where Jack Nicholson is like very hesitant to try these drugs and right. All of, that's when like, they introduce him to, to marijuana. Yes wanting to fit in wanting to embrace more of this lifestyle because he was a lawyer yeah I think total he was just square. like looking for um something other than his like nine to five right his, yeah i mean, I mean like we all are searching for something right. and like he is this pretty square dude but yes. also you know he could hang it seems yeah, I mean, he was obviously totally open to it. It looked like he kind of admired and the lifestyle. And I wonder if Nicholson, you know, since this movie was so improv mm-hmm. and that's just a, a lame excuse yes. to say nobody really wrote this. No one down. really, which is interesting. Maybe that they, they wrote they like had an like, outline. Well, it's interesting that they then had an argument over who actually wrote it. Look, no one wrote it. The right. universe wrote it while y'all were on drugs and just driving through Correct. the southern part of the United States. Right. And this argument that apparently both of them have gone to their graves mad about. Both of them, like Dennis Hopper and, and Peter, Fonda. Peter Fonda. Oh, interesting. Oh, they held grudges this, Fonda, their entire life. That's that. that was some research I, I come across, and I was just like... I don't know. This could be like whatever, just <sighs> Hollywood tabloid stuff. Okay, so now that we unconfused ourselves about this parade, yeah, which I thought was Mardi so Gras, didn't you think it was New a Mardi Mexico. Gras arrest? I didn't no. care. I don't. 
I, I didn't. I never for I never for a second thought they got arrested at Mardi Gras. You were because asleep it, during that time. It's Mardi Gras, baby. Anything goes. I did think that this section that that parade was a little lame for Mardi Gras yeah, right. if I thought that at all but yeah. honestly at that point I didn't know where we were I, yeah I had no idea there were no signs anywhere no. I somewhere in no, southern California I, I thought we were still in Mexico at that point like do you I think he got bludgeoned like got bludgeoned that diner scene was in Texas I Probably. I mean I assumed I assume. it was in Texas yeah because it was shortly after that they were at Mardi Gras. This is a violent little and state. And Texas is a <laughs> ginormous state. state so yeah. that's where I figured. Yeah, so it was probably like somewhere in East Texas, probably Beaumont or something. But they like <laughs> followed him from... I mean, that was a sundown town. That was a sundown town. Oh, yeah. And yeah, yeah strangers they, in general. I, that's yeah, funny that you is bring very that true. Yeah, but Beaumont, I don't Ider, think that those Orange, guys would have followed that. Well, where was the diner? Oh, my God. I'm so... It was on I-10. So, okay. So, after the diner, after the murder, okay, yeah. They finally get to Mardi Gras. Yeah. They go to this brothel that George had talked about. Yes. And they find Karen Black. They find Karen Black and Tony Basil. Which hey Mickey, just you're so fine. You're so me. fine. You blow my mind. Hey Mickey. Hey, that Mickey. shocks me. That I had no idea she was in movies yeah i didn't either at all yeah i thought she was and just this was way before hey mickey yeah and honestly now that i know this uh-huh. i remember seeing this music video hey mickey i'm like that mickey's is... actually about dennis hopper what i'm just kidding <laughs> oh my god i just started going through all the lyrics in my head trying to figure stop it but Conrad. back to what i was saying i remember this thinking to myself is all about misinformation this woman looks a little older yeah this is a, <laughs> shut it down we're all just guessing here yeah this, this episode in particular i remember thinking tony basil is quite old for being a pop star in the 80s but then i was like maybe it's the makeup because everyone's makeup made them look older in the 80s even though they were like 16 (laughs) yeah 47 but yeah she did look older and what a weird song for her to do when she's older yeah the cheerleading cosplay is a little odd but interesting and like yeah what a weird turn of events in her career she went from being in like these Easy Rider Pro- and pretty said, prolific movies. Five, five easy five pieces. Easy pieces, yeah. That's and then we get so hey random. Mickey, yeah. That is which is like a punchline now. In- I just, you know what? I want to read biographies about Tony Basil and about Karen Black because I'm just. I so- bet you Karen Black's biography would be so wild. It would be so wild. I'm so curious. She about is wild. It. That is one wild bitch. <laughs> All right, so we're at Mardi Gras, Conrad. Right, so Peter Fonda is like, hey, let's not have sex. Let's go experience Mardi Gras. Mm-hmm. They do that. They go to the cemetery. Right. And what do and they take? Because it is LSD. A, they do take LSD. Yeah. Okay, because yeah. it's a weird Yeah, they trip. take acid. Well, it's like, okay, if I ever hypothetically took acid, mm-hmm. it would not be like that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I feel like, this like that set in, the set and setting thing that you talk about when people take LSD or any hallucinogenics, like, why would you go sit in a cemetery? I mean, I don't like cemeteries 
in the first place. I don't like being in them. I, I definitely cemeteries. Oh no, I don't like it, and I don't like it when people like. Fi- I, I just find it like disrespectful to to sit there and crawl on the the grave. crawl on the yeah. graves and headstones and like have no, fun I and run and I don't know. I just I don't like it. That. It doesn't sell well with me. And I've never run through a cemetery. I, I never. And also this acid trip hypothetically doing acid like no one really knows what the trip is like unless it's you doing it right so that's a hard thing to kind of portray on film right and i've seen many different uh, people talk about this too and most people agree that fear and loathing in las vegas hunter s thompson is the best depiction of what an acid trip would be if you were on acid i can see that so but then when they pull out from the other onto the other side and you're viewing these people on an acid trip right Mm-hmm. just looks weird yeah it's just like I'm assuming it's just they like a, were on acid in real oh, life i'm assuming they were doing okay all so these they, okay so it is widely known that the, all the marijuana they smoke in that movie was marijuana okay. they were high pretty much the entire time right. but they did say they did not do acid that, okay yeah, probably wasn't that not would be really LSD. difficult to organize and <laughs> that would to be follow impossible. and especially if you're doing it during mardi gras yeah and, also, and there's yeah. enough going on anyway right but also filming people who are on a trip like that's such a personal thing right like you're not kind of get like any kind of idea of what they're going through yeah so it's just a camera on people wandering around aimlessly which i mean maybe i would have worked in this movie because i was well, seen she to got, do the like whole naked thing. and stuff she was naked and she was crying she was asking jesus to sit and like take her or save her <laughs> yeah, and then not... she's asking him to put his seed in her that's so more she like can bath conceive. salt kind of stuff that was yeah that's what i thought <laughs> when i was watching salts. this i was like this looks like a really bad PCP trip whatever's something. happening <laughs> does not this is not like a an advertisement for yes and also i don't like when people use the phrase put your seed in me yeah i don't know if that's exactly what she said but But it was she was like wanting him to give her a child it was weird this is like 69 i think was like a year or two after the government deemed lsd illegal right because it was legal and they were doing lots of um therapeutic kind of research and psychological research about the benefits of LSD. Wasn't it like Timothy Leary or something? uh, He was like a big... Yeah, I believe that's his name. Yeah, Yeah. he was a big leader Um, And now it's like starting back up again as far as like finding out like microdosing mm-hmm. psilocybin from mushrooms to People have doing breakthroughs ketamine. and PTSD. Yes. There's a few documentaries on Netflix about it that are really interesting talking about kind of some of the breakthroughs that people have had on this kind of uh, therapy of like yeah. breaking the cycle of PTSD and, and that kind of stuff. It's kind of amazing. Antidepressant whatnot. Um, well, I will say if they were experiencing any PTSD, this Acid trip did not break that it cycle. It did not no. help at all. Seemed a little scary. It yeah, was it was terrifying. Like, yeah, it was like really dark yeah. and weird. And like I get it. Like sometimes a bad trip is a bad trip, and that's what you need at that point, you know, to do it. But like, I mean, no joy in this movie whatsoever. No. And this, your no. friend just got murdered. I I want to just touch yes. base on this one more time. Like you just carry on. Yes. Uh, well, they wrapped up. Uh, when I was trying to figure out what 
order things yeah no 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 they They wrapped him up up in a sleeping bag and they did say that they were going to return his belongings to his family right okay okay but like good on you i I mean so you just wrap him up in a sleeping bag and then leave him just get back on the road it's the 60s man (laughs) (laughs) yeah i get i just it doesn't make it is difficult to connect no wonder they had a bad acid trip. They had guilty conscience. They, I mean, that yeah, could right? definitely. And then you've got the girls from the brothel. Who knows what they've right. been through? I mean, <laughs> so after their acid trip, they mm-hmm. decide to continue to ride off Keep on somewhere. Going. Only to both get shot, <laughs> shot and murdered. And and then that kind of like weird panning scene of the exploding motorcycle, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but no Peter Fonda in sight. Nope. I don't really get it. I and even when the motorcycle was being blown off, yeah, I didn't weird. see Peter Fonda anywhere. It was all weird. It was just so they die in the end. They both die, like with oh, you, oh, you really didn't see the end. Yeah, they they die. They in the both end. like these these guys so are they, driving yeah. by and they the shoot like, at I'm them. They're scare, like, I'm gonna yeah, scare. Oh, I'm gonna That's scare. in the trailer. The guy's like goiter. It looks like a little goiter or something. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. And so then goiter. he. Like a big cyst, like a cyst or like on a, your thyroid or something yeah. like that. Um, <laughs> and so he pulls up next to Dennis Hopper, and Dennis Hopper shoots him the bird, and so he shoots him a gun in response. Shoots him a gun. <laughs> shoots him a gun. Shoots him a gun. Yeah, he shoots him in That's response, and then Peter Fonda's like, "Oh no, I'm going to go after him," and he goes after him, and, and it looks him. like. Peter Fonda doesn't recognize that this is the truck. It's <laughs> like all he's just weird. driving by, and then they shoot him, and you get this this picture or this you know section where it's the motorcycle flies off yeah. the road and bursts into flames. It's all weird. There's no Peter Fonda anywhere to be found. So, and that's <laughs> the end. That's the end of the movie. Quick question. They shoot Peter Fonda and he gets hit with a bullet. It looks I no, think we they never shoot the see gas, him. The gas tank yes. So that's why it explodes. Yeah. Cuz I was going to say like it's not going to fly off the road and just explode when it No, it, I think they shot the motorcycle. But then Peter Fonda's not flying off of it. And he's, he's not, not in that, that he's piano not shot. Scene. He's not I, I don't understand. Is he still when on he the went. motorcycle when it blows up? Maybe I he don't is. know. Okay, so but, that's how yeah, he dies. Kind of weird. Yeah, oh yeah. I assume so, but then he's nowhere. I, okay, in so the his shot body was nowhere, shot. and yeah, because they do this big panoramic shot, like going up. Like and they last see the Dennis Mohicans. Hopper. Yes, you see Dennis Hopper laying over here on the street, and then you see a fire with the motorcycle that flew off that did not have Peter Fonda on it, mm. and then there's no body. So are these two guys who shot them still at large? Yes. yes, they are. They just kept driving. They'll never get caught. So was Dennis Hopper hit like in his hit body? Hit in his body, like in his chest. Yeah, Like in his heart. He got yeah. shot in the heart and yeah. died instantly. Basically, yeah. Either the heart or the stomach. Like, he's gone. Right, right, right. Okay. And that was the end. And, that... and I felt totally unfulfilled. I believe okay. your response in our text messages <laughs> was, What? In all caps. And I said, Ha ha. I guess you just finished it. <laughs> um, at yeah. least it was short. I mean, it Cause felt some, Because some of these long. films that y'all I are know, watching that you don't long. like are very long. Yeah. 
So at least this was short. It was still an hour and a half mm. of, mm-hmm. or an hour and 35 minutes that I will never get back. Well, um, okay. that I don't, I just didn't connect with it. That's just what it comes down to. I, I was agree. hoping to connect with it. And yes, you um, connected with the back of your eyelids. <laughs> I connected <laughs> with my REM cycle. Nap. Yeah. Yeah. I was hoping to, because I do like, and this movie is not going to pry me away from right. digging into this certain part of American history. I mean, I'm losing all respect okay. for the Fondas. Okay, well, let's In take the end, a break. I didn't care. Yes. Let's take a break and then we'll come back and we'll kind of dive into a little bit of some of the quotes and overall yeah. questions about this awesome movie. See you in a few. Okay, welcome back. Wow. <laughs> Man, I love it. Okay, so let's talk about like. Parts. There was nothing. You know what? Them blowing up at the end. There you go. I mean, I will I say there were maybe two scenes that I thought were that like had my attention. One, the diner. The scene, diner. I to agree. me was probably the most like you felt the um, you know how uncomfortable they were. Yes. You didn't know what was going to happen. Like you felt the threat. Yes. Right. I thought that was probably the most engaging scene. Completely agree. I really enjoyed the scene when Jack Nicholson tries weed for the first time. Yes. And the dialogue that they're having about UFOs and freedom and all of that kind of stuff, I think really was kind of, to me, the heart of the movie. And That was the most connection that I thought any of those three had. Right. Mm. Was there a favorite part y'all had that... Those two. Those two, right. It was Um, anything involving Jack Nicholson. That was my favorite. Interesting. Which so I don't nominated. have a favorite scene as much as a favorite shot. Oh, okay. Ooh, what was your favorite shot? It's Dennis and Peter and the girls, Karen mm-hmm. and Tony, mm-hmm. walking down Bourbon Street, kind of all like arm in arm, slumped on each other. I just thought it was very, oh. pre- it was a very pretty shot. Mm. Um, and it's just, it had like a cooler, like blue palette to oh, it. Okay, which the movie doesn't really do that. It felt like Dennis Hopper was just kind of experimenting with right. different techniques. And, and it worked. And, yeah. And it worked. And um, I just remember that being very visually striking because the camera was a little wobbly. and You felt like you were drinking in New Orleans if you've ever done it. Yeah. You know that that's just how everybody I can walks. I that. Yeah. Okay. And then d- was there a character that you like either related to and or was your favorite? Jack Nicholson. Karen Black. I know, Karen Black in this one, she kind of scared me. Um, yeah, Jack Nicholson. Yeah, that's kind of me too. Uh, I mean, because the other two were pretty terrible. I think it's because you guys are squares. You guys are squares. It Maybe. sounds like. I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. I'm kind of a square. You are for sure. So are you? Uh, first off, you are a bigger square than I am. For what? Isn't a bigger square just a rectangle? But um, bum. No. <laughs> well, a uh, uh, a square is. is a rectangle, but a rectangle is not, not a square. square. Yes. Oh wow, you guys know geometry. Oh god. <laughs> um, yeah, I. This interview is slowly coming apart like that movie. <laughs> you know what? This interview runs parallel with that movie, I believe. No uh, beginning, no end. No, just. <laughs> <laughs> no be ready substance. For, for the end of this we're all gonna blow up <laughs> and then we've saved you 
I would say Jack Nicholson, not because I necessarily relate to him. He, he's he's my favorite. What about you? Is it Jack Nicholson? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nick? I said Karen, Karen Black. Black. Oh, Karen Black. That's right. Because it's just not about I am also an easy floozy. Love easy it. floozy. That's a sequel. Um, <laughs> could you imagine? I like that. A sequel with just Karen. It's too Easy late. But Wait, that would have been incredible. Um, we talked about the ending, but would you change it? <laughs> I don't care. I don't care either. <laughs> I, just I don't, don't care, care if they live or die. No, I that's would the actually. I like, you know, if the whole point of the movie is to like oh no i guess it does hit the point because he went looking for america and never found it because yeah. he ends up being shot i mean i guess killed. ideally peter fonda would find somewhere to fit in and dennis hopper would keep on driving yeah. that's uh, but I, and, and I, at the same time i just don't care yeah, i don't I think, care about these two people yeah yeah dennis hopper ends up in like galveston as like a I love criminal that idea. or something. <laughs> love that idea. And then Peter Fonda just finds a nice, you know, little group to go and, and join. Ends up doing what the rest of our parents yeah. do. Yeah, he strains exactly. out. He gets. He ends he up getting married with his white picket fence, and there we go, and telling boom. stories to his children. So some of the quotes in the movie. There were quotes I, in the movie. Well, I thought were pretty interesting as okay. far as like sparking a little conversation right okay when they meet the stranger on the highway one of the conversations um peter fonda asks is did you ever want to be somebody else and the stranger was like "Uh, i'd like to try porky pig Uh (laughs) and then peter responds i never wanted to be anyone else that's interesting yeah and then so my question is have you ever wanted to be somebody else and if you could be somebody else who would it be yeah, honestly, I have this dream of like moving to Italy by myself. That sounds incredible. That sounds nice. okay, Diane Lane I under know, the Tuscan it's sun. Totally a Tuscan. <laughs> when I remember when I saw that movie, I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> that looks so amazing." I think I would do the same, but in Spain. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm not picky at all. Mm. I'd love to go to a place where I know people, right? But that I don't have to interact with if I don't want to. That's really, I mean, I, yeah. Or if you had a, a dream of like another career, like a dream career. I, I really don't. I want, no, actually that's false. I would love to be a conductor. Oh. I love music. I want, right. I know I want a career in music mm-hmm. and that's why I'm teaching piano now because I get to be surrounded by it all the time. But when I was a kid, I always wanted to be a conductor, but there weren't like any that. female, yeah, like lead a symphony. Did you watch Tar? I wanted, I haven't. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be a music director and arrange music and things like that for bigger shows um, and new shows, but I, there like weren't. Like theater shows is what you're talking about. Theater, yeah. yeah. Um, but I never, growing up, there weren't female uh, role models conductors to look up to so right. i never thought that was an option i never thought being president was an option mm-hmm. there was still just not. a certain still not <laughs> i there was just a certain and who would want to be there's a certain limitation that came when you grew up in the 80s and you were female there were just some things you just couldn't imagine doing so right. your barbies did not my barbies did, did not, not inspire me yeah. nick um i'm with 
who who said I wouldn't want to be anybody else. Peter Fonda. Peter Fonda. Peter Fonda. Peter Fonda. <laughs> I'm with him on that one. And now, if I could be in the orbit of somebody else, for sure, like Raymond Carver or Joan Didion. Like I would want to mm-hmm. be around that kind of um, what creative I creative mind and excellence. Yeah, you know, in their fields. Um, yeah, but like being somebody else entirely, that's kind of doesn't feel 100%. So there's another part when they're talking and Jack Nicholson is talking about UFOs and how they live amongst us and all of that. He says, they're people just like us from within our own solar system, except that their society is more highly involved. I mean, they don't have no wars. They got no monetary system. They don't have any leaders because, I mean, each man is a leader. I mean, each man, because of their technology, they're able to feed, clothe, house, and transport themselves equally and with no effort. So, a two-part question. Do you think we've had encounters with aliens? And do you think this type of society that he's describing could exist here? Uh, Yes, I do. I saw that documentary, uh, Arrival. It's a (laughs) movie with Amy Adams. I love it. That I love is that a brilliant movie. I love that's that movie. a great documentary. Movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I think yeah, probably there's aliens. Obviously, it would. I think they exist for be. sure. I don't know if we've had contact with them. I think people who lean into that area fifty one stuff, like mm-hmm. a little Roswell. nuttier than squirrel shit. I went to but, Roswell last year. <laughs> and yeah. it's like a joke. <laughs> Yeah, I I I knew it would be, but like it's even more of a joke than I thought it was going to be. I have no desire to really go through there. Yeah, I think that if there are aliens, they certainly don't look like our traditional depiction, like of the green alien or the you know the long head and. What do you think they look like? I don't know. I think think they they could just be like. (laughs) I I don't know. Maybe like us. Maybe Avatar. Maybe. No, I have a hard time imagining that they're human or, or like right. have human features in any way. I think they might no. be like what we've seen in Arrival, you know, like where we just saw like, like, like tree men or something like tree that. tentacle yeah, octopus things. I have no idea. Maybe they look it's like hard. a black monolith. It's, oh my God. <laughs> it's hard to imagine that there's not some sort of alien yeah. Force out there. Have I mean, it's a pictures huge of the, universe. Uh, have you been following like that new telescope, the Webb telescope that just came out? The that goes like super deep. Oh, right, it's like the infrared one. Yeah, that sees stuff that it hasn't seen before. Yeah, yeah, so it's yeah. really fascinating, and it's like seeing all the different galaxies that exist. Um, like, in there's like got to be other stuff. We are not the only ones. No, no, and we would be completely self-centered to think exactly. That. Um, but do you think they've ever made contact with Earth? Maybe. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I don't think so. I, or I mean, maybe they... Yeah. I mean, they're they, weird we're about circles to. and all that kind of stuff. There are very weird things that happen, but... I yeah. I, I think maybe they were like, hey, let's do it. And then they're like observing and like, let's, <laughs> like, let's definitely not. not. These people are weird. This planet's going to be gone. Though. This anyway. vibe is off down here. Let's... <laughs> energy is bad let's go <laughs> yeah, i could see that i could definitely see that um but yeah but this society of like equality right I mean, which is kind of like what socialism communism yeah it's, yeah i would say it's more socialism 
of a of uh, everyone being equal and not having to have I mean, leaders because well, there's a every know, man is a leader himself. Well, everyone everyone uh, has food. I I do think everyone there needs has to be shelter. some sort of organization with it. I do think that. So I do think in many ways a government of or just a set of rules is necessary. Right. And what you're describing with every person for themselves, right? That's actually anarchy. Yeah. Right. right, right. Yeah. Right. I think and that like, that can get very dangerous. Um, it can be, but yeah, I mean I think we like think about anarchy in this like lawless like, like yeah. you know, dystopian thing, but like right. I don't think it would devolve into that instantly. No, I don't think it would either, but I think that's why it's important to have right, some, some just kind of set rules. Like, let's to, not murder each other. Exactly. Um, like, even if there are rules like that, that right. to many would be common sense, but not to everybody. So just having those types of things in place, I think it it is ideal to think of a place i mean you just think of the song imagine everything that john lennon is describing in imagine i think that would be incredible right you know but do i think it could ever happen no yeah i agree definitely not i agree i don't think human nature allows that there's Mm -hmm. always got to be some kind of greed or yeah there's no way that it's gonna there's a lot of really if anything this movie kind of taught me is that there's a lot of dark corners of yes the human heart as well right yes. you know as naturally o- right naturally as open and free as these two people were trying to be and open-minded and you know willing to absorb you know th- their reality um there is some still some dark corners yeah because yeah, it's not are, just you i mean you have to teach little toddlers to share you don't have right. to teach them to hoard or like keep for for themselves. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I think it's naturally inherent to want to hold your own chair, grab your own. I mean, I think you can definitely have pockets of these areas where it is all about equality and all of that, but it's certainly not going to ever be like a nationwide or worldwide thing. I don't think that's humanly possible. What if the technology provides that? I, I don't even know what that looks like, though. I well, mean, no I, matter what, you're dealing with humans. That's even true. in 2001, technology was that you're still dealing with humans, and you're dealing with humans who built the technology. Right. So none of it's going to be, right. you know, error-free. There's another chunk of a, a scene that I want you to I will read it with do you. with me. Who am I, Billy or George? You're Billy. Okay. Oh, a table reading. A table reading. So now, what scene was this? This is when they're sitting around the campfire. He had just... Um, <laughs> I just read the last line. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, sitting around the campfire, and they're talking about kind of what I feel is like the meat of the story. Yeah. Right? Okay. So, George starts off by saying, you know, this used to be a hell of a good country. I can't understand what's gone wrong with it. Man, everybody got chicken. That's what happened. Hey, we've we can't even get into like a second-rate hotel. I mean, a second-rate motel, you dig? They think we're going to cut their throat or something. They're scared, man. They're not scared of you. They're scared of what you represent to them. Hey, man, all we represent to them, man, is somebody who needs a haircut. Oh, no. What you represent to them is freedom. What the hell is wrong with freedom? That's what it's all about. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's what it's all about, all right. But talking about it 
and being it, that's two different things. I mean, it's hard to be free when you're bought and sold in the marketplace. Of course, don't ever tell anybody that they're not free because then they're going to get really busy killing and maiming to prove to you that they are. Oh, yeah, they're going to talk to you and talk to you and talk to you about individual freedom. But they see a free individual, it's going to scare them. Well, it don't make them running scared. No, it makes them dangerous. Please finish that quote. <laughs> Swamp. There we go. Which Thank I you. did not understand that. Nick, 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 Nick thing. I guess yeah, it was correct. like, it was. No. No. It was like a tick. Oh, don't tell us that. No. We're going to feel bad. No. No, it was like every time after he took a drink, right? It was or every time he took a, a drink. Yeah. 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 I guess well, the it was The first, just first like time he did. Nick, 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 Nick. Indians. I'm like, what? Okay. Yeah, I, I don't get it. Tick, oh, that's what he said. That's what he said. <laughs> oh, I was I like, literally tick. what he said. Where did I miss a part? Yeah. And then he said, Nick, yes. Nick, 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 swamp. Yeah, I, I don't get it. I'm anyway, that's not the point of this that. conversation. But the the overall kind of like freedom, being it, and talking about it is different. Yeah, I think it's interesting when he says, um, "Don't tell anyone that they're not free because they're going to get real busy killing and maiming to prove to you mm-hmm. that they are." Yeah, um, which kind of. That's plays a out at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but don't you think that idea, right, that concept that they're presenting is possibly one of the greatest concepts that this movie puts forth, right? Right. For sure. I think that's for sure. And the, really the actually it. makes it culturally important, according yes, to I the can, Academy. I can see that that one sectioned. Right. right. Well, do you so, th- think like this whole concept still applies today Absolutely. and in what yes. ways uh, just the way we speak to each other i mean you hop on to like any kind of social media platform and you look at people's differences magnified right and then yeah. you know everyone's arguing that the way i'm doing it is the the right way this is how you should be free you like yes. me when that totally defeats and divorces itself from the concept of individual freedom, right? You know, yes. if we are talking about individual freedom, that is the freedom to be who you are. Right. Right. So when you upset people by being different and mm-hmm. they talk about maiming and killing and they become dangerous, right? We see it yeah. all the time in this country. Yeah. I completely agree with you that people are all about the freedom and all of that until there's freedom in someone else who's celebrating their own that they don't agree with. Then all of a sudden... We got a problem. We have, yeah, we have an issue. So right. I, I so, completely agree that this is still very Yeah, prevalent. I mean, I think it's a, a universal concept that will always be true. Yeah, right. You and know. it's and the you know the world has been lit by fire by this concept, right? Yeah. You know, unless the place that you are like is completely unfree, right? So people in North Korea probably don't have this conversation, right? You know what I'm saying? But people in free democracies, it gives us something to argue about. Yeah. So a lot of the, you know, obviously the main theme of. This movie is counterculture and the counterculture of the hippies and how it was uh, perceived by, we'll say, the more traditionalists, I guess. Yeah. Of people who were holding on to kind of that innocence of the 60s. Um, Do you think counterculture still exists today? And in 
like what ways and what forms i i would say yes i mean to every everything has its opposite right so the culture yeah so we talk about the culture at large you know what right. is mainstream and what we all kind of participate in or agree on or yeah you know whatever and then there's got to be some kind of reaction to that right so there is these things i don't think it's as underground as it was considering yeah. of everything social we media have, social media information every, age yeah every technological like we can share those ideas a lot quicker right right i mean like when you look at like definition right counterculture a way of life and set of attitudes opposed to or mm-hmm. at variance with the prevailing social norm right okay yeah you know and like you know i think a lot of ways it kind of challenges um societal norms government norms financial norms you know things that the way the world works to kind of upend something that's totally different right like right i think like cryptocurrency right is trying to upend the banking world as we know it uh-huh to avoid taxes to avoid you know it's still obviously not caught on and there's like i think there's obviously challenges of regulation and people don't necessarily fully understand it still i don't really i'm not bought into it yet i know there's several people i know who are but i'm more of the person who's like i'll i'll wait to yeah i'll wait till it becomes a thing yeah yeah (laughs) i'm I'm just like that person yeah i am very much Mm. the same way um but i think there's also like you know countercultures as far as within you know the lgbtq community obviously i think you know when you talk about gay men or or lesbians or whatnot that has become more mainstream it's more of a subculture per se than counterculture um but i think when you talk about like trans rights that's really to me a a counterculture that is being you know targeted and even drag queens right now you know with that kind of ridiculousness that people you know they're they're being targeted you know i think drag has always been you know a political statement i think even more so now yeah um and you know when you talk about people being killed for being other just for existing you know yeah. trans people are killed at such a significantly higher rate than than most people or any people uh in the nation so i think you know the idea of somebody living their truth and living their life and being targeted for it you know i think that can be um said in that case you know yeah so let's do a little mary shankill okay mary shankill okay so um mary shankill i don't know which one is Wyatt and which one is billy so i'll just say peter fonda yep (laughs) dennis hopper or jack Mm -hmm. nicholson I'm going to marry Jack Nicholson. I will shag Peter Fonda yeah. and I will murder, flat out murder Dennis Hopper. Yeah. I mean, I think that's really the only I, answer. That's the, oh. Oh, maybe not. I we have would, a counterculturist uh, on here. Here I am, your <laughs> resident counterculturist. I would marry Jack Nicholson, just okay. it's an obvious choice. I mean, he's got a good job. Yeah. Um, I would <laughs> kill Peter Fonda because I found him to be so mealy mouthed and annoying. Yeah. 
and I would shag Dennis Hopper because I bet you it would be wild. He would this not call true. you the next day. No. You might but feel a little used. <laughs> no, because if he calls you, he's going to be asking for money yeah. or something. Yes. Like, no, I got... I, no, Peter no. Fonda would be a boring shag, but I feel like it would be the safer shag. <laughs> I feel they like Dennis Hopper an- could kill me. Dennis Hopper? <laughs> they have antibiotics for what Dennis Hopper could give you. <laughs> well, I feel like Dennis Hopper might be like, let's try knife play. You know what oh, I mean? God. I feel like it could get dangerous. Dennis Hopper, a counterculturist. Yes, for sure. Do you think this movie could be remade today? I don't care. Yeah, no. I think it could be. I think it could be with a better plot and better writing and better cast. I sure. think it could be made again today, keeping all of that. Just it would. They could keep everything. The way it is, it would just be, mm-hmm. I think, be received. Like Tarantino said when we were talking earlier, every 20 years or so, it comes up as something, right? Yeah. Um, so, no. late last year, it was announced that they're working on a, a, uh, a, remake? a remake of Easy Rider. Oh, my God. You know what? Why not make Who's it a musical? It? Let's do that next. Now... They're saying, obviously, it was not received well. No. But the producers of the new film... Wait, it wasn't received well? N- no, obviously not. Like, just the announcement the of announcement it? The announcement of okay, it was so not Nothing's been made. So, yeah. people are just mad. Yeah. I mean, because um, they saw it, and they're like, why said, am I going to watch this? Uh, to s- <laughs> this is quoting from IndieWire. It says, to some, the, n- the news that Hollywood was taking this generation-defining piece of filmmaking and remaking it seemed akin to treating the original film much like its own iconic, tragic ending, leaving Easy Rider in a flaming ditch on the side of the road. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> well, I mean, in all due respect, generationally, yes, it seems to be a defining moment for a generation. Okay. It may not be our generation, right. and that's okay. But that ending is for us. Alone. So the producer said that they don't want to touch the original or even directly remake it, okay, but rather great. find a new spin on the story that would speak to a contemporary audience. Then that's not uh, Easy Rider. So. Then, yeah, that's not Easy Rider. And I think that if it were to be remade today... It would need a much better script, like an actual script. I think and it would need someone to make the film that knows what they're doing. They compared it well, to maybe a Tarantino requel, should make it. like 2022 Scream, Top Gun Maverick, oh. or Creed. Okay, kind of something like that. So okay, I like, agree with you. Tarantino could do it and actually do it well. I think, but yeah. I think he likes that movie so much he would, he never, would never try do it. to. But if no. I was to allow someone, or if I had a choice and they would agree to do it, I would pick him Maybe. to do it. Yeah. I think he would really lean into it. And I love Tarantino movies. I don't know. Well, he announced he's this. making his last, and he's done. So really? maybe he's He's always doing... said that he wants to do 10 movies and then be and done. And be done. And he's done nine. So if it were remade, <sighs> kind of with this in mind, like maybe it's not a direct remake that you have the same characters, uh-huh. but if you think of in a Creed sort of way... I have... As Wyatt and what I don't care who Billy? is who, sure. But it makes it well. They are very different people. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, I know. I would have Charlie Heaton as Dennis Hopper. Who is that? He's uh, the Charlie brother. Hunnam? No, Heaton. He's the brother in Stranger Things. I would cast it young. 
he's Noah Shaps, or I guess that's his name. Oh, oh, oh. It's Winona Ryder's other son, the older son. Right, right. I would have Ah, him as Dennis Hopper. That's a good one. I would have Austin Butler as Peter Fonda. Oh, that's a good one. Okay. And then I'd have... He's a little too pretty. He's very pretty, but they can rough him up a little. I don't... But so Peter Fonda, like, looked super clean cut. Yeah, that's true. Um, And then Freddie Highmore um, as Jack Nicholson. Okay. I'm trying to think of someone who would just be like, okay, I'll go. Like, just a little more uh, very clean cut. And um, this is would be completely out of character of him to do that. But he's obviously searching for something. So he was the only one I could think of that's like nice and, and innocent looking. I don't know if he would be... I mean, he is turning into much more of an adult actor because he's on that new show, or not new show, but he's on that show where he plays a doctor. And blah, blah, blah. Um, so I don't know. He was the only one I could think of. I do like Wasn't my casting. Wasn't he in the Bates? Yes. God, that was so when good. When he played Norman, Norman Bates, Bates, right? Norman Bates, yes. Or, yeah, as like teenager, early 20s is how he played him. Yeah. But I, I feel very confident behind Austin Butler and Charlie Heaton. I think right. that would be a very cool combination. Nick, do you have any? Yeah, I do. I would I would cast younger as well, actually. Yeah. And yeah. lean into some of our younger talent that we have out there. And Peter Fonda's role, who I'm assuming his name is Wyatt. Sure. Okay. Yeah, well, Peter Fonda. Um, Which I never understood that nickname. But. Timothy Chalamet. Okay. 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 Dennis Hopper, I would pick Dominic Fike. That? He plays Elliot on Euphoria. Okay. Elliot. Okay. And then again, I would take an alum from Euphoria for Jack Nicholson's part and use Jacob Elordi. Oh, Jacob Elordi, so hot. Okay. Yes, and I think he's clean cut enough. Yeah. Oh, okay, I could see that. You know, I could totally see that. Yeah. Right. Okay. So I like your Jacob Elordi for sure. And then Dom- over Freddie Highmore. Oh, okay. When no one likes Dominic Fike. I mean, that's fine. Dominic Fike's a good one. Who would you cast? Okay, so I went totally different. Uh-huh. And cast women. Oh my well, God, I, cast... I love that. So, yeah, kind of. Oh. Maybe some non-binary. Oh. Okay. When you, I thought, because back to my conversation of feeling like, you know, trans people are kind of the uh-huh. ones who, okay. right? So I was thinking for Jack Nicholson's part, India Moore. Okay. From Pose. Okay. Angel. Cool. As the attorney, the young attorney for the AS- ACLU. Okay. And then for the two, I thought Hunter Schaefer from Euphoria. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. And Tommy Dorfman from, I think he was in 13 Reasons Why. They were in 13 Reasons Why, I believe. I believe they're yeah, 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 yeah. Would they be riding motorcycles? I don't think so. Fuck yeah. I think I, I feel like I don't they'd be writing. Feel like they would. What? Like Vespas? a new, new VW Bug or something? I don't. They don't. First of all, they don't make them anymore. Like what? There's like little like city scooters. Old VW Bug, like a, an original. No, I would the have last... them on motorcycles, y'all. Like yeah. that is like the whole point of the movie. I would have Austin Butler and Charlie Heaton that cast on motorcycles. I don't know that I'd have your cast on motorcycles. Yeah, I don't though. think so either. Mm-mm. It's a different vibe. Yeah, because. It's... Motorcycle culture is not what it was. No, no, not at all. Back now in the it's day. yeah. No, no, no. It's so not yeah, at all. if I was doing it though, I would keep that intact. Mm. Motorcycle culture. I think that would 
I think Excuse that would me. be something cool. I think it would make it cool. I think that it would need to be. Yeah, it's a road trip movie, but it's a motorcycle movie too. Yes, right. Okay. I think that would That's be fair. a big part of it that would right. be missing if you didn't have it. It's kind of like Creed is still a boxing movie. Right, like he didn't become a baseball player or a dancer. That would have been amazing. <laughs> a ballet dancer. Oh my a god, I would have loved dancer. it. Pirouette into a TKO. I love it. You know, the big fight is him getting into Juilliard. <laughs> I think we saw that movie. Save the I Last think it Dance. Was called, Black Swan. Well, and I think it was called that. Uh, oh, well, well, shit. Center Stage. Center Stage. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Save the Last Dance. Oh. oh. I love it. Okay, kids. Well, this, oh, this was, was what joy. it was. <laughs> I thought it was fun. It was good to talk about, you know, the. Yes. It was. It, it did raise, Most of like it, you not said. About the movie. It was going to raise questions about our own thoughts on right. our country's landscape now, which yeah. I think is great, but yes. I don't care one shit about this movie. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I, um, I just don't. I don't care. An interesting mirror being held up to the nation at the time. I would give the movie, honestly, mm-hmm. 7 out of 10. I wasn't thrilled, but... <laughs> well, next week we'll be... <laughs> next, next week... week Next week, we'll be reviewing the literary and movie classic To Kill a Mockingbird. Until then, here's Drink With You, Ken.